0: Hi. I'm Evan Duncan, the senior pastor of the Baptist Church of Westchester in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad you found our podcast channel. On it, we share our weekly messages and from time to time, you'll see some other things as well. If you want to learn more about our church or see how you can contact us, visit bcwc.org. We've been uh, looking at this series Stories of Dependence on God these time periods in the scriptures of 40 days, 40 years where people learned to depend on God more and more. And we're beginning this message today as we're going to be including in all of the messages by praying the Lord's Prayer together. A resource for us when we're in the wilderness. And so it'll be on the screen and I invite you to pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, We'll do another act of remembrance Uh, at the end of the service as well as we participate in communion together. And I would just say, uh, here at the Baptist Church of Westchester, we see the table not as our table, but the Lord's table. And so all who seek Christ are welcome. So you are welcome to participate regardless of your background, your religious tradition. If you're watching online, we, we invite you to participate as well. Gather up some elements at home. Join in with us as we all come before the Lord. So that will be at the end of this. But as we've been looking at these, these times of 40 days, 40 years, this week we are thinking about Israel's time in the wilderness, those 40 years in the wilderness. Leah alluded to it in the children's message, but instead of looking at a narrative of that time this morning, instead I thought we could look to a psalm, that remembers it in an act of worship. You know, we sing songs that, that sometimes help remind us about our faith. I think about Ash Wednesday, and Anne played uh, a beautiful hymn that my mom used to sing to me when she was putting me to bed, and it just like came right back in that beautiful moment. Today we learn a new song that reminds us of God's faithfulness, the parables of Jesus, and in difficult times we often turn to these kinds of songs of remembrance. And so that's what we'll look at today. One of Israel's songs of remembrance. Psalm 68. You see, wilderness can help us learn to depend on God. Sometimes we hear that word wilderness and we might have some different definitions that run around in our head. Right? That when we're in the wilderness, that means we're lost or confused, that we're stuck. And when you think about the wilderness, we might also think about like a retreat an escape, a place of renewal. It can be challenging for us as we read the Scripture to know which wilderness are we talking about because they often overlap. That often, in the challenges of the wilderness, when things are difficult, it's also a time where we discover clarity. It can be a time when, removed from distractions, we're unable to look anywhere else and we Discover what God is doing. We remember who God is. The wilderness can be a time of growth and renewal. Last week we talked about Jesus in the wilderness, a place where Jesus was tested and stretched, but also a place of immense strengthening and growth. This season of Lent leading up to Easter is a time for us to intentionally spend time in the wilderness of reflection, to look inward, prepare our hearts, To think about Christ, to remove distractions, to look for God, to see what God may be doing in us and through us might be calling us to. I want to tell you about the time I lived in El Paso, Texas. We moved to El Paso, Texas, and I don't know if you've ever been to the desert. It's dry. And I brought a picture of the skyline of El Paso. Early on, after we had moved there, we started to hear people say, oh my goodness, have you seen the mountains today? They're so green. Can we have that picture of El Paso, if we can get that to come up? Uh, the picture of El Paso next there on the slides. Uh, I want you to see these mountains. And you may ask the same question that I asked. Uh, where, where is the green? There is no green on the mountains. We're having issues with the slide. Imagine brown mountains. <laughs> can you picture it? It's just brown. And we'd say to the people, uh, I don't see any green. This week is my wife's birthday, and she discovered for the first time in her life as a native Houstonian that her birthday occurs in the winter. (laughs) Where is the green? We may be asking ourselves that question wherever we're at. Are they there? Look how green the mountains are. Yeah, I don't know where you are in your life, but you may be asking that question. Where is their new life? Where is their hope? Can anything good happen here with me now? People are saying the mountains are green, but I don't see it. Perhaps that's what this season, this question looks like to you. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray at an invitation and a declaration. Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It is saying that God's new life and God's green is breaking in all around us. We are praying that it breaks in among us even now. But you still may feel like I don't see any green. So we look at the Psalms. Songs that were designed to remind the people of Israel of how God has shown up before and how God continues to show up. We'll be reading from Psalm 68. And as I began studying for this message again and again, each resource began. Psalm 68 is among the most difficult passages to interpret or translate. By the third or fourth book that warned me of this, I thought, I've made a mistake. (laughs) But as I studied this psalm, I couldn't help but think how appropriate it is that This psalm gives scholars fits. Because in it we find a message for people who themselves are no stranger to being tied up in knots. People like us. So we're going to look at this passage together, unpack it together, and see how it may bring us encouragement when we find ourselves in the wilderness, when we choose to enter into the wilderness. And how we can become aware that we can always look for the green. See, the wilderness can be an opportunity to remind us of God's might, God's compassion, and how we can respond to God. This is Psalm 68. We'll be in verses 1 through 4 to begin of Psalm 68. Let God rise up. You could translate it: God springs into battle, let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate Him flee before Him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, let the wicked perish before God. But let righteous, let the righteous be joyful. Let them exult before God. Let them be jubilant with joy. Sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Lift up a song to Him who rides upon the clouds. His name is the Lord. Be exultant before Him. we enter into the psalm you might be like wow that's a lot of talk about enemies and melting (laughs) i don't see the encouragement certainly this psalm begins with this stark contrast between the righteous and the enemies of god And, and that that makes me uncomfortable sometimes this talk about enemies we often want to skip over that part of the bible but i think psalm 68 is so helpful as we understand the language and and what it might say to us today and how it might help us understand the people. Because so far, the psalmist has painted this picture of the power and majesty of God, right? Song to him who rides upon the clouds, his name is the Lord. This language of riding on the clouds was a favorite expression used by the gods of the Babylonians and the Canaanites and the psalmist wants the reader to hear no in fact it is the God of Israel who rides on the clouds who is all powerful the psalmist wants us to remember God's might and in the wilderness we might need to remember God's strength and power Like I said, this picture might not always be the most encouraging, but, but we can't forget what it must have been like for the people of Israel to sing these songs. See, for those who are in the midst of extreme oppression, sometimes all you know how to do is pray for the destruction of your enemies. And so this is a song for the lowly. For those who are struggling and without hope, the psalmist invites them to just let it out and remember the power of God. For those who are trampled and being stepped on, all you want to do is remove the foot and the Psalms are honest. They paint a picture of a mighty God who cares. But the image will not just hang out on this rider of the clouds. As we read these first verses, we could have maybe applied them to any of the other gods that others had worshipped. Oh yeah, another mighty God who wants to zap people. But it's about to change. See, the wilderness also reminds us of God's character. This is verse 5 and 6. Father of orphans, protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious live in a parched land. You don't expect this in this home. (laughs) A turn from this victorious cloud-riding God to now a God described by compassion. Father of fatherless, protector of widows. I love the verse that says, give home to the desolate. You could translate it home to the lonely. And that word home is not just a word that means shelter, but like actually a home, a place of safety, and care. There's even an offer of grace to the prisoner. My translation says prosperity. We actually have no idea what that word means. It's the only place it occurs in any ancient writings. (laughs) Part of what makes this psalm so difficult. Others say, leads the prisoners out with jubilation. We're not sure what they're being let out with, but here's what we know. They're being set free. (laughs) This God, is a God of rescue and care. The psalm moves from militaristic language to tender care for the most vulnerable. Throughout Scripture, we find this theme. God cares deeply about the widow, the alien, the orphan. In Hebrew, this group is called the Anawim, that God cares about these marginalized people. In fact, Israel, the people of God, were called to give special care to people who were overlooked and vulnerable. And so the people in the wilderness reflecting on God, they remember God's might, but they remember God's character. God's greatness is not just in military strength or power, but in compassion. See, because might without good character is not something to praise. But God is good. One writer says, Israel found the true greatness of God not just in his cosmic power, Or God's ability to make mountains smoke or the deserts convulse. No, it was God's ability to see us in our littleness that really bowled over the psalmist. It was the way the great God Almighty of the universe could make God's self small. Could condescend to the little people to draw close to the margins of our tiny existence. The writer continues, if we're paying close attention, I suppose this aspect of Psalm 68 previews the most glorious thing God ever did. To make Himself a microscopic zygote in the uterus of a young woman and out of that utter littleness, God let God's self become something really big indeed. And so enemies would fall, death and sin be defeated, and rescue of the lonely, lost, and least of these would happen all around us we'll see if this one works I brought a clip of a video of what is called the Hoberman sphere can we play that Um, you may have seen these these are like kids toys but this is a giant one this is the second largest one in the nation I think and it and it has this ability to get humongous and also shrink down really tiny have you seen these before kids like to play with them I had one I pinched my finger in it one time I love this picture because I think it helps us grasp what's going on here. The psalmist says, The Lord rides on the clouds and cares about you. The wilderness reminds us of God's might and God's character. And the wilderness reminds us about us. Read verses 7-10. through 10. O God, you went out before your people when you marched through the wilderness. The earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain at the presence of God, the God of Sinai, at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Rain in abundance, O God, you showered abroad. You restored your heritage when it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it in your goodness, O God. You provided the needy. Here the psalmist remembers this time of wilderness, reenacts this time of wilderness. Remember when things were tough and you marched out before us, Lord. You provided in our past and we remember. See, the people of God had followed God out of slavery and then into the wilderness. And there, though they grumbled, they were cared for and shaped and fed and God continued to lead and provide. Something happens when we remember our history. When we remember the history of the people of God, when we remember what God has done before, even if we don't experience it right now, in the moment, we remember other people's experiences too. That no matter how brown the mountains look, The green has broken in before. The green does not always rely on the psalmist's personal experience, but in the shared memory of a community. That's why we gather to remember and celebrate because God is bigger than just our singular experiences of God, though God is there too. We stand in a long and wide and deep river of people of faith with diverse history and perspective and backgrounds and those stories shape us. I'll tell you, after living in El Paso for a while, after it rained, which only happened like twice a year, after it rained, I began to notice the mountains were greener. I began to notice things about the desert I didn't notice before. I believe the more we try to pay attention to God, the more we will see what God has done. The more we pay attention to God's character, the more we will see it everywhere and be challenged to see it in ourselves. But even still, I wonder if I might not have noticed all that green if others hadn't pointed out to me first. This psalm was likely used in worship services to remind people, "Yes, God is victorious and God cares." God has gone before, but God will keep moving. And Israel, moved by their worship, then had to consider what they would do about it. In the same way, we wonder, what will we do about this God? Psalm 68, 33-35 says this, O rider of heavens, the ancient heavens, listen. He sends out his voice, a mighty voice, Ascribe power to God whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God in His sanctuary, the God of Israel. He gives power and strength to His people. God gives power and strength to His people. So in the same way, God has used God's power for the sake of those who are overlooked, we are invited to do the same. One scholar says the words we use in worship must open us up to the God of justice and awaken us to the world's desperate need for hope and genuine change. Another mental connection when you might hear the color green is the green light. Go, our kids learn. Green means go, we teach them, even though they will use it against us later. Daddy, if yellow means slow down. (laughs) Why did you? Yeah, you've been there. We ask the question, where is the green? And I believe it is in the church. We've been given a green light to cultivate our own dependence on, yes, the might of God and, yes, the character of God towards becoming people of compassion. This worship poem challenges us to remember God's power, God's character. Will we let our worship shape us? Will we let what we do in this space as we sing and read scripture and welcome one another and participate in bread and cup, will it stop when we walk out these doors or will we cultivate green? I believe we're called to be people who are creating green in the mountains, pointing out green in the wilderness, being ourselves green. The world needs to see the people of God and describe them with the compassion like they do describe God. What they say about us those who care for the widow, the orphan, the cast aside, the overlooked, the forgotten. I love what Dr. King said as uh, talking about what it means to be the church when he said, any religion which professes to be concerned about the souls of men and is not concerned with the social and economic conditions that scar the soul is a spiritually more bound religion. Will we go from here And plant green. On Thursday night we packed these seeds into these little packets. We stuck stickers on them and we put bound them in rubber bands. Richard's table was particularly effective at getting them all in the right boxes, all orderly and taped up neat. My table struggled a little bit. But as we thought about these seeds that will eventually go into a container, that will eventually go onto a boat, that will eventually show up with some people who will walk to other people and say, here, plant these in the earth, and here's how you do it. And let's talk about composting. And then they will grow into vegetables. And these vegetables will then produce their own seeds so that they can take those seeds and make more seeds. And so people who are hungry might find themselves fed is green, and we have a role to play. What might God do with us? I want to play that next clip of that Hoberman sphere, if you've got it. Uh, This is now the sphere in reverse. We thought about God going from here to here, and now I want you to see how God sees the church. How God sees you and me. How can God use us? May we join in what God is doing. May we pay attention to the green in the world and may we cultivate it among us. May the God who shrunk down to be with us expand us to make deep impact in the world. We have been in the wilderness and we have learned from the wilderness. And whatever you're dealing with, I know it may be difficult. I know you may be carrying difficult wounds. Pray that God would heal. And that even in the darkness, you would see the light that's breaking in. Even in the wilderness, you would see the green. And that with wounded hands, in the same way that Jesus, alive after crucifixion, showed up to his disciples with wounded hands and a wounded side, may we go as wounded healers. People who know the wilderness but people who know healing and may we cultivate green among us as we prepare for communion let us pray god thank you for this opportunity to worship together we worship in so many ways and how we live and how we move and how we sing and how we talk god may our worship never stay just here never stay just for ourselves. But may we take what we learn and study, what we discover and what we sing, and may it move us out, relying on your power, but also your compassion, relying on each other to know we aren't alone. And as we go, May we be people like those seeds in the seed packets, Where you use us to produce more and more and more green. In the name of Jesus, our King, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or are looking for ways that you can support God's work at this church, visit bcwc.org. And as you go, through whatever your day may throw at you, I want to share this blessing with you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you in the wilderness, protect you in the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go and be the church.